21ism. Uh, with me, I've got Paddy Milner and Marcus Bonfanti, uh, 50% of uh, Jawbone. How are you guys? Good, man. Yeah, Great yeah, to good. see you. Great to be here. Welcome. Um, I've been listening to your album. It uh, is great. It was some really, really interesting uh, textural, uh, multi sort of influence stuff. Uh, yeah, it's been really good. Thanks. Thanks, man. Um, so, um, Who's Jawbone? <laughs> Who is Jawbone? It's a four-piece band based in London. Um, myself, Marcus, um, Rex Horan, a fantastic bass player, and Evan Jenkins. Um, the only man with the Wellington shuffle. Uh, amazing drummer. Um, the only bassist with a beard like thunder. <laughs> yeah, he has. And a voice of an angel, man. Indeed. <laughs> beard of thunder, voice of angel. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Um, um, yeah, we, I guess the band came about initially, um, through Marcus, Marcus and my love of kind of roots music and music that we shared a passion for, particularly blues music. Uh, we used to share, well, live in a big shared house in North London, um, which is where we kind of got to know each other yeah. uh, much better, although we previously met sort of on the, on the circuit, on the scene, playing for uh, different artists um i think we've both sort of become a little bit maybe despondent with our own sort of solo careers a little bit that we've been doing it for a while nothing nothing sort of terrible had happened but i think we both decided we'd like a slight musical shift from what we were doing mm. and had always enjoyed playing together um as in in in, a, in bands together when we've been asked to back people but also playing on the same bill as each other and sort of sitting in with each other, we'd always got quite a kick out of that. And I think it was this idea that maybe maybe creating something together could could just, I don't know, improve our musical life a little bit more and, yeah. and, and create something interesting. And it didn't instantly when we first <laughs> no. tried to write together it. We got nothing for ages. It was slightly <laughs> heartbreaking. It was. I was very, yeah, I was really looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, Thoroughly optimistic. And uh, yeah, the first few writing sessions we uh, we attempted didn't yield anything. But, um, Sounds like my teenage uh, love life. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I heard anyway. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, we stuck at it, and one day we wrote uh, wrote a tune that we were very happy with, um, which ended up becoming the first tune on the record, the first Jawbone record a song called "Leave No Traces." Um, and we wrote that one super quick, super naturally. We felt it talked about something real, something that affected us both, uh, and something that was a kind of collective human experience. And it, yeah, it just wrote itself really quickly. So that was the sort of um, breaking of the ice, really. And from then, we've pretty much every time we get together, we end up coming coming out with something something good, whether it's a complete song or a strong idea. Or something. There's always uh, something positive that's come out of writing together. Um, so, so is it, yeah. the, is it is it the two of you then that uh, that are the ma- the main creative forces uh, then in in the band? I'd say that the ideas definitely the ideas for the songs definitely come from me and Paddy. But we're very conscious that we have two other massive creative forces in the band, which is Evan and Rex, because they are amazingly creative and. Um, just very switched on to to the to, to the sound of the band as well because they 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 create fifty percent of that sound. So me and Paddy are very conscious that we write the song to a point where we could almost play it as a as a duo, I would say, and the song would be finished and lovely. But we try not to we try to leave enough space for those two to to put their ideas in because sometimes to bring a song into rehearsals with an idea of of, of what might happen, 
they they take it off in a different direction that that is so so much better than what I had in my head. Mm. Um, or may, and maybe I would never have thought of playing that tune. That they did, and it's really improved songs. Um, and that's what makes me excited about about being in a band again. It's been a while mm. since I've been in a band where where there is a, a cooperative feeling and 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 yeah, a lot when you when you run your own band as a solo artist the sort of buck stops with you for many reasons because it's like it's your personal vision but with this it's some it's so much nicer to have the shared vision but also difficult to 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 have that <clears throat> uh, democratic open um creative flow and it's still being natural mm. Yeah, sure. But I think so, we've we all agree that as lead guitarist, I still have <laughs> final say. I think that's it's, I think it never gets said, but I know that's the unspoken. That's, that's not what we voted on behind your back the other day, Marcus. Um, so, so would you, would you say that you guys are the the sort of upper jawbone, you know, getting your teeth into things, and they are just like the low the lower jawbone, just there for some for your support, just mashing down. Muscle. Yeah, yeah. I've never I've never thought what what particular tooth we'd all be in the band, but that's all I'm going to be able to think about now. Right. <laughs> Brilliant. No, but what's what's yeah? As Marcus said, you know, we we kind of bring the songs in, and the guys, you know, add bring their own kind of parts and arrangements to it. And um, it, I, it's just an absolute joy working as this particular group of four people because the, the, the songs kind of come together really quickly in a rehearsal. Um, and, yeah, the, the guys, Rex and Ev, they, they just come up with these, these ideas that generally work straight off the bat. And then it's, it's almost like a question of choosing which of their great ideas are working the best mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. spending hours and hours trying to come up with something that works it's it's mm. almost more of a, a choice i think it helps you've got two like me and paddy have got a strong writing relationship and playing relationship together because we've done it for so many years and the same is for rex and evan they've they've played together for probably about 20 odd years mm. um so they have this really great great link and bond between them so it, it yeah it's it's almost sometimes it doesn't feel like four individuals if it ever feels separate and not like a band it feels like two individuals because the, mm-hmm. the the two groups do work really well individually and together yeah i just just find it a totally frictionless experience with jawbone and it's almost like the yeah the sum is greater than the greater than the parts that's not very rock and roll is it no nah, <laughs> <laughs> i think if we spent more time together maybe yeah <sighs> So, 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 how 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 far are you into this journey now, then? And um, what what have been some of your highlights? Sure. Well, we're well, we're currently writing the second record and pretty much there with it. Yeah, should um, be recording it before the end of the year. Yeah, that is the plan. Um, yeah, just really chuffed how the writing's going. Um, it's a definite progression, I think, because. Like you said, how far are we on the journey? I think with the first record, we'd never, we hadn't really done a gig before we went to record it. Um, so we were sort of make, creating the sound in the studio. Then we went out and toured it afterwards, and the sound, the, the band sort of had an identity. And now we've taken that identity into the writing process and into the studio. It's made mm-hmm. things a lot, yeah, like I said, it's more of a progression. We know what the band does well, we know what, we, we know what its strengths are, and we can really write to those strengths like the the three-part harmonies the you know the intricate arrangements that Mm -hmm. that are quite complex sometimes but don't sound complex when 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 they're uh, within the song so yeah it's 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 a nice journey i like the way that the music has progressed from the first set of songs to the second it's certainly a very kind of focused thing now isn't it Mm. um especially yeah especially with regards to writing yeah um but it's difficult to sort of like we'll, we'll we'll record this album obviously we have a, an idea of a time frame but the the due, due to the, you know the way the industry is at the moment it's difficult to sort of have any plans beyond recording it because that's the only thing we have control over releasing it and then touring is is a whole is a whole different thing right now because it's hard to make any plans at all mm-hmm. i suppose that's a good time to focus on the creative aspect yeah, most absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, when it's yeah, da- when it's downtime, got to got to build mm-hmm. for sure. Got I think I feel I feel a lot of immediacy in it as well. I think. Daddy just throwing in a Bitcoin reference there. <laughs> oh, was it? God, there's going to be a few that go with my head here, boys. I'm very sorry. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, but it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, there's definitely a sense of immediacy to, to really focus and get this done. Yeah. I, I like this current feel that the, 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 the band has of like, we, we, we've been very busy with other projects as well as Jawbone. And now we have this sort of opportunity to sort of put Jawbone first. And it's, it's really, yeah. and it's something, you know, that we're in control of. We yeah. can, we can, you know, take the reins of right now uh, in this kind of tumultuous period of human existence. I guess yeah. it's something we can, you know, hold on to during the storm. Not the, the whim of uh, shitty managers and um, yeah, labels, etc. Yeah. I, 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 <clears throat> I'm kind of gagging to um, uh, to get my gnashes into. Um, uh, the whole sort of macro uh, backdrop to to, to 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 all of this, and uh, God knows that there's a lot of stuff to write about and to inspire you. But uh, you're talking about um, other projects you've been involved with, and this is, of course, a, a very common thing for um, not just for musicians, uh, but also for self-employed people in general. You know, different income streams. Uh, uh, also, when you're creative, you 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 don't necessarily always want to be creating the same thing over and over again. So it's nice with the variety. Um, give us a little rundown individually of uh, of your sort of musical backgrounds and and who you've played with and uh, that sort of thing. Um, after you. Yeah, well, I suppose okay. Um, at the very beginning, when I was eight years old to when I was eighteen, I was a trumpet player. I was playing classical music and and brass band music and I loved it and I thought that was what I was going to do with my life and then I, I got into a I picked up the guitar at 16 got into a band and realized that that was definitely what I wanted to do with my life and uh from then on I've, I've done a little bit of everything really I was in in bands growing up in in the late 90s and early 2000s playing a lot of sort of indie music and um you know had, had a great time doing that and then went into the into the sort of session world and played a little bit of guitar for different sort of artists and then really sort of settled into the world of rhythm and blues music and rock rock and roll which is where my heart always was and then from that sort of with my solo career ended up getting to sort of tour and open shows for for some some artists I I, I never ever thought I'd be in the same room with people like Chuck Berry um Robert Cray and then moving on to sort of playing with with some of these people from that rich history so about seven years ago, I was asked to to join the band Ten Years After, which was a band from the late sixties, um, and they'd reformed. And obviously, not every member makes it as far as the two thousands from the sixties. So I, I was asked to sort of replace their their frontman singer who, who died ten years before, sadly. So I've been doing that for the last seven years, and then with Paddy and with Jawbone, not only playing with with a, a band from that era, is we've had opportunities to play with you know some real leading lights from that era like eric clapton and van morrison yeah yeah because i understand you've been the backing band jawbone has been the backing band for for a lot of these um classic greats yeah um yeah that that particular sort of thing came about through um paul jones who um was of uh yeah back in the day had his own solo career and was with manfred man and um you know he's a well-known broadcaster in the UK on Radio 2, amongst other things. And um, I mean, I've been involved with his show, as Marcus has, for, uh, yeah, as kind of guests or playing on his show for, uh, yeah, many years, really. The first time I played on his show was back in about 2000. It was my sort of first experience of um, national radio. It was, yeah, it was great fun. But he runs a charity night every year. Uh, in a in a big concert hall down in Guildford, just outside London, and uh, as part of that, he invites loads of special guests, kind of from his circle, um, and he has a house band. Um, and one year, he asked Jawbone to do it, um, and uh, we've yeah we've done it for a few years since then, and yeah we've had some yeah amazing guests you know that we've backed up. So yeah, as Mark said, Eric Clapton. Um, Van Morrison, Tom Jones, who I've actually played with um, for the last sort of four or five years in his band. Um, I've had some yeah fantastic 
fantastic guest Paul Weller came and did it last year. Um, so yes, but that was I mean absolutely mind blowing experience playing with those. Imagine being told as your 16-year-old selves when you started picking up uh, instruments or whatever and started joining bands that that you had been playing with some of those the uh, people that your 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 dads or parents would have had uh, records yeah. of and yeah. listening to throughout the house. Absolutely. It is amazing and and it does cross your mind when you're doing it definitely. I I remember having a a sort of little moment of of thinking this is this is nuts and then snapping straight back into yeah. Oh, but don't fuck up. You've got to play proper. <laughs> yeah. Can't, can't save the moment too yeah. much right now. I think as Rex sort of quips, he was he found himself on stage and he had to pinch himself when he realised he was sort of asking Van Morrison. He's sort of saying, "Oh, Van, is that is that your amp or is that or is that Eric? Or, <laughs> or um, which 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 mic is Tom using?" And it's like, um, you know, these sort of first person terms with these these legends. Yeah, that's um, nuts. But in a really kind of great kind of communal situation which is all in you know all in aid of a charity and good cause mm-hmm. uh, and it, yeah it's a great thing to be part of yeah and it's, of course it, it well at least to my ears it sounds like that's the era and some of the people that you guys are drawing inspiration from uh, as well for this band for the record i've heard at least yeah most yeah, most certainly and i think actually that's partly why we maybe got you know, had the call for those for those charity nights. It's because you know the musical style that we we do and we're you know passionate about is is something that lends itself to those those performers as well. You know, um, I, I was reading uh, before making this call. Um, I was reading a few reviews, etc. Just looking on your webpage. Very diligent of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very organised, and um, and yeah. So, so um, there are a lot of there's a lot of talk of uh, the band and uh, and sort of in, in influences like that. But you know who that re- your record reminded me of, and that is uh, the Meters. And that's not a obvious uh, thing to say, perhaps, apart from the fact that the album New Directions, which is my favourite all time Meters album, by the way. Is is very much like that, I think. You know, much more song based, much more rootsy than the sort of like funkier side of things, um, and sort of like classics, kind of classic songwriting with um, with that sort of rootsy, rootsy um, substrate. I really like that comparison. Mm. That's that. Yeah, that's um, it's a comparison. You're right. No one's ever made that comparison before. But when you said it, it does sound. It does sound quite, yeah, like quite quite a great compa- comparison, really, because I think there's, but people do say the band, and people will take certain hallmarks of what we do and link them with other hallmarks of other groups. But I, I don't really feel like we've ever, or well, maybe me and Paddy have actually actively tried to not make a record that just sounds like the band or just sounds like Little Feet or, sure. or sounds sure. like the Stones, because as, as fun as that is, it's not really what we're about. We're yeah. trying to... It, like take a genre and and if we can improve it, it, it our presence should improve this genre by doing something mm. new with it mm. yeah i mean so yeah i mean as part of our writing process i think as soon as what we're doing ends up sounding like something else um maybe marx will say oh yeah it sounds a bit like uh, that stone song or whatever yeah. we're like okay that's gets that's, destroyed man. yeah yeah two that's, steps two steps back uh, yeah. exactly man let's, mm. let's head off on a, on a different tack mm-hmm. yeah yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, oh, that's a whole other <clears throat> that's a whole other podcast. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. where 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 you know is anything really original? And you know, what where does where do these things enter our brain from? And because um, exactly. I mean, every it's yeah. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> it's too big. <laughs> it's, it gets a bit cosmic very quickly, there, doesn't yeah. it? Definitely need the, the brain exploding emoji right there. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I gather from 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 a little pre-record that um, this whole COVID situation um, has has significantly changed the way that you guys are able to work, etc. Out here, I'm. If I wasn't if I wasn't connected to the internet, I would have no idea that the world has changed. Um, 
Um, but I imagine living in the middle of London, uh, you are feeling it every day, just just even just visually seeing people in masks everywhere. I imagine I, I haven't I haven't been able to to go there because of the situation. But um, tell me a little bit about how you guys are have been experiencing this year how it's affected your work um and yeah yeah i think um quite kind of kind of in many ways we've had a similar experience um you know we both got kids um so you know as soon as lockdown hit kids were off school um we both had to become the sort of you know the school teacher at home for the homeschooling um i mean my wife, my wife works a pretty heavy job full time. So, you know, the kids off school. Um, my sort of main main remit became became the childcare for that that first few months, um, which was yeah, a very reward equally rewarding and frustrating experiences. I'm sure um, many people will relate to. Um, but yeah, I mean, had some magical moments, but but pretty tough ones as well. Um, I imagine there's so, a lot you have to give up personally for, for to make that work. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you, you sort of see other people on the net sort of coming out with all these online collaborations and all these kind of uh, you know seem, seeming to be really active and um, you know daily streams and all these kind of things, which I just didn't have the time or the or any energy for after looking after a couple of kids all day. Um, so yeah, initially that was kind of my experience of all this, um, a few little remote recording projects and, and, uh, online things, but, um, yeah, my sort of musical activity certainly took a, took a dive at the start of all this and, um, yeah, certainly coming back in different ways. Um, but, um, yeah. So that's sort of the, the, the creative aspect of it. Um, Marcus, do you feel quite similarly to that? I do, I do feel very similar. I mean, me and Paddy did sort of have quite identical lockdowns, really, and almost to the point, because we talked a lot over it, the point where you'd have these waves of creativity that would sort of hit you and you'd be very active for a little while. And then, I don't know, just the general mood of, of the city is constantly changing. And I think it was affecting everyone in uh, like in different ways. And I think at the beginning, I was sort of quite optimistic that this may be a couple of months, but probably by the autun we we we'd we be back to doing what we were doing the booking agents I was talking to weren't cancelling anything even in the summer it was all very optimistic as like well this and then very quickly things did start to move a lot quicker in the way of we're looking at the end of this year really nothing to the end of this year now we're kind of looking at maybe next spring where everything's been moved to it's probably in jeopardy we might lose the next summer it's looking like next door and that that sort of does hit you a little bit and I think that twinned with what you said earlier it's it's everywhere you look there's posters everywhere I mean even on the on, on the on the new roadblocks they've put at the bottom of our road they're pedestrianizing a bit of our street one says no entry and the other side says COVID-19 maintain distances on a roadblock I, I don't understand what that post is doing there but it's everywhere the masks are everywhere every shop every every experience that you have going to going to buy a sandwich now involves a whole rigmarole that comes with it going for a pint now involves a whole sort of logistical nightmare and it's just it's quite wearing and you've got to very much keep yourself in check because it can easily wear you down um especially if you're constantly sort of questioning everything that you you see which i think is a healthy thing to do i think it can be quite tiring and i've to be honest i felt quite tired throughout all of lockdown even though i've done very little felt mentally quite tired throughout all of it no wonder um and 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 now the latest i've seen from the um from the brilliant minds of the uk government is um (laughs) are examples of 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 lots of different uh well i can only just describe it as propaganda posters of um there's one of them just an example is um is a ballet dancer sat yeah. on a chair and basically it, something along the lines she could become a, a, a coder now yeah. her next job is in cyber 
although she doesn't know it yet, in inverted commas, yeah. Yeah, absolutely disgusting, despicable. I mean, such a ridiculous bit of propaganda, which uh, I think is actually taken slightly out of context because I don't think it was directly a COVID-related It wasn't. It's an advert promotion. from a few years I think ago. it was an advert from... Was it, was it a few years ago? Or was more, it, it's about maybe eight, nine months ago. They were trying to get actively get more people into the world of... Of cyber. Of whatever, whatever cyber that means. Whatever that means. Getting into... They wanted people to do more computer-based jobs, but the timing of it this time around was just quite foolish. Well, not maybe not foolish, but just very divisive. Yeah, but it also comes 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 um, off the back of Rishi Sunak, uh, the the, the yeah. Chancellor, the sort of Steve, Steve Mnuchin equivalent uh, for 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 the US listeners, um, saying that people would have to retrain basically because there were going to be a lot of jobs lost in different industries. And, yeah, and as a former London. Um, resident and creative industry participant uh, if you like <laughs> um i find it hugely offensive that um that an industry which has um sort of netted the city of london i mean the creative industry apart from the queen is 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 one of the main reasons that people come to london I think it's it's for the culture, isn't it? it's for the theatre, it's for the for the for the concerts, it's for the museums, it's for it's all of those sort of things. Yeah, it's a huge part of both the cultural life and its economic output as well. Mm. Um, huge part, and yeah, those comments were clumsy and disrespectful. Just betrayed a sort of lack of empathy, lack of knowledge of the sector of the industry, lack of appreciation for it. Um, yeah, but I can only sort of imagine because I'm not, I, I'm not sort of on any social media sort of forums. I can only imagine that there would have been as much. Uh, that, that what the reason I call it divisive was I can I can imagine people from the arts saying, "Well, look, I, I'm offended by this. I think this is this is terrible timing and a terrible way to sort of, for want of a better word, kick the industry when it's down." And then I can imagine other people chiming in, because I know that there's uh, an idea that creatives live a, very, live a very charmed life. And I can only imagine there would be arguments between, well, are you, too good? are you too good to go and get another job? And, and, and that's what I mean about divisive. I just feel like it, 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 it creates arguments between people that don't need to argue. Mm-hmm. Yet, yet now there's another wedge driven between, like, it just feels like everyone's getting carved up into smaller and smaller little pockets of, uh, of of what you are and what you have and what you believe in it's that's why i say it gets wearing man you just there's, there's the this is the wrong things to be arguing about so interesting about this uh, you know and this is slightly callous to find intellectual interest in something so bleak um but is the sort of mirror that covid has been holding up to our entire society 
you know, people realizing that they're commuting two and a half hours a day to do a job that they could essentially do from home or that they Mm -hmm. are not spending enough time as a family or that they're maybe even something like homeschooling, that, that if you had the time, you could actually do a better job than a lot of the teachers because of you choosing something that's much more um specific to your child's needs you know um rather than having one teacher for 35 students whatever numbers are now but also this whole thing and this is my possibly not so subtle transition into a bitcoin chat how most people and not just people but governments all over the world have been running this just-in-time economy, whether that's their personal finance or whether that's on a national um, scale. Uh, Marty Bent from um, TFTC uses this metaphor of it being an economy that is riding a bike, that it has to keep on pedaling in order to not fall. Also going up an increasingly steep hill, perhaps. Yeah. Having to pedal harder to keep keep that bubble inflating ever-increasing rate and that we have been incentivized through um government well central bank monetary policy and 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 government fiscal policy through through many decades now i mean the bitcoiners will know since 1971 coming off the gold standard um of um printing and easing in order to keep yourself on the bike and we are realizing now that the bike is coming to a standstill that um kind of what has been going on there and also in personal finance you know we we've because of the fiscal and monetary policies we have been incentivized to um spend rather than save right absolutely but not just spending your own money spending spending credit you know endless credit cards and further inflating the crazy amount of debt that exists in the world yeah, personal, corporate, government, right? So that leads me to Bitcoin. Um, I should say for the listeners that Paddy through Twitter has become uh, sort of known to me as a as a as a Bitcoiner. I gather from our pre-record that Marcus has not really taken the the, the dive into the rabbit hole. Um, so I'll I'll start with you, Paddy. Your your sort of rabbit hole story. Sure. Um... Well, it's pretty pretty simple, really. Um, a friend of mine um, back in summer of 2017 um, told me about this thing called Bitcoin, which I had heard of before, but I didn't really know anything about. And previously, as I, I imagine a lot of people find familiar, I, I had dismissed it as what I thought was a Ponzi scheme um, and a you know basically a money making device. Um, but I. This friend of mine who I trusted um, said, look, you should really look at this thing. It's revolutionary. It could be personally very useful to you uh, in terms of, yeah, increasing increasing wealth, but also as a, uh, a revolutionary tool, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. So um, I checked it out again and... Um, yeah, I think uh, I think maybe I read the first paragraph of the white paper, and which I hadn't done before, and I was like instantly hooked. I think anything that kind of questioned the existence of the you know this hugely financial financialized world, um, anything that questioned the power of big banks and this uh, the sort of elitist elitist sector, I was I'm all for and always have been. Um, which is probably why I've generally been left-leaning um, throughout my life. Um, and yeah, I just started devouring as much as I could about Bitcoin, you know, straight into the Bitcoin standard. And, you know, the um, yeah, as, as much literature as I could. The You know, the Internet of Money books by and- Andreas Antonopoulos, of course. Um, and, you know, just get, getting involved. Starting, starting to listen to the you know sort of podcast scene, which was actually probably more of uh, which I guess was only kind of kicking off then. So yeah, that was probably a little later on. But um, yeah, massive, um, 
straight big big dive down the rabbit hole um but yeah interestingly i'd done the previous december december 2016 i played for with tom jones in in his band played for this big event at the vna museum uh, in london and my memory was that it was a bitcoin event but in actual fact it wasn't it was a, a one coin event and you could see how my how i was comparing or how I saw Bitcoin at the time, because in retrospect, mm. I thought it was um, it was Bitcoin, but it was actually a one coin event. And as we know, uh, it was an, a, a huge scam, very very clever scam, playing on all the things that Bitcoin stands for, um, but having having absolutely nothing, having an Excel spreadsheet for all I for all I know as the the ledger. Yes, yeah, the ledger. Uh, I know it cer- certainly wasn't a distributed distributed ledger so yeah that's yeah i think that probably helped it didn't help with my skepticism of it but then you know i checked it out again summer of 2017 when i guess there was loads of euphoria developing as well prior to the huge ball run end of end of 2017 um which i got swept up in you know super exciting um didn't have quite enough knowledge of the kind of economics of it and the business cycle what well, well, the, the the halving cycles and um the kind of more subtleties of it to actually you know kind of realize what the price action was going to do um so you know in terms of investment kind of took a hit the following year um but um you're in good company there many did yeah, yeah, I think so. But uh, you know, the fundamentals of the technology are so strong; it truly is a revolutionary idea that can, uh, not necessarily on its own, perhaps on its own, who knows? But as part of huge social change, um, is going to revolutionise human society. Mm. Um, that's what I think. Anyway, and you say it's it's a huge idea. Of course, now it's become much more than that it has become a whole parallel financial system it's now same size as the sixth largest uh, currency in the world what's the saying there's there's no stopping an idea whose time has come and one has to say that against the backdrop of what we were talking about previously this it's time has well and truly come i think yeah i mean you know the internet isn't that old in the scheme of things and it's kind of you know Bitcoin, this decentralized payment network, store of value, however you want to think of it, is um, perfectly suited to that. And, you know, it takes time for these ideas to develop and become embedded in society. Mm. Um, You know, it's just, it's kind of, it's the perfect uh, complement to the internet. And um, it's got to be the future. It's hard. It's 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 hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine a going deep in the twenty first century with either a nineteenth century money like gold, for example, <clears throat> and um, and much better than than, than what we have now. Because um, students of the Cantillon effect, which we were just briefly talking about pre uh, pre interview, benefits uh, those uh, the, the very very upper crust, the, those closest to the spigot, and. Uh, and also um, increases inequality. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, wealth inequality is something that I've always found deeply troubling in a world where there should be ample resources to be shared um, shared around. And, you know, we should all be living a decent standard of life. Um, the resources are there, but um, it, it just gets, yeah, filtered to the top. Uh, the, the trickle down thing just clearly doesn't happen, um, and again, this is one reason why I was, I was probably you know left leaning um, because of the you know the notion of uh, wealth equality um, and redistribution, um, and it's it's not necessarily a problem of capitalism itself, but it's. Um, you know, as I'm sort of increasingly aware of, it's, it's the problem of the, the money itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's the very nature of 
this uh, infinitely printable money that um, that enables these power structures to exist at the top between the political sphere and the the corporate sphere mm. that enables money to be siphoned off as you know as you're saying um, and through its intrinsic nature bitcoin can only and um, well certainly reduce that effect by reducing the the yeah reducing this hyper financialized world getting rid of those huge structures that are purely there to to siphon money off every transaction itself or through the you know antillian effect and um paddy um i am sure that as a sort of a newborn kind of uh christian type equivalent you know uh the sort of bitcoin evangelical um i certainly know in my own case i i i uh i pontificate greatly to anybody who is uh not willing to hear but just yeah. anybody within uh sort of a, uh, listening distance <laughs> yeah. i'm sure you have tried to kind of uh talk about this lay this on the other guys in the band over time or have you been trying to stay away from that i have for a little bit but i guess um yeah i, I don't want to i don't want to shove too much in people's faces the thing about paddy is he's, he's always the, the conversation is always available and i think that's an important way to, to sort of put any any idea across is the yeah. conversation is always there and because curiosity is in all of us you want to ask questions sure so rather than paddy sort of i wouldn't say paddy instigates lots of conversations on it but if if we're getting close to a sub if we're on a subject where this is relevant paddy will come in with the with 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 the things that he I'll believes. I'll try and hold out for as long as possible no, but until I can't <laughs> stop myself. But the good thing is, and this is what I, why I enjoy talking to Paddy about it, is because Paddy enjoys talking about it and I have a lot of questions because I haven't done any of this reading and I haven't looked into it in any sort of depth. And I think that that's... I, I enjoy that conversation with Paddy about it because it's interesting. A bit like a good father. You, 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 as a teenage boy, you don't want your father to come and give you the, uh, the, the, the details of the birds and the bees, but you'd like to know that uh, he's, uh, he's open-minded and, and, and approachable <laughs> enough that if you should want to get a bit of advice, that you could go there. Exactly. Enough. I just think it's just the, it's, it's, I don't think that... I don't know if, I, if I'm different from everyone else, but I don't think anyone likes to be told what to do. Mm. But yeah, we like that's to, my problem. We like, <laughs> but we like to talk about things that might change our change our ideas about certain things. And you like to talk about it with, with people who know who know a lot about a subject that you're talking about. And uh, yeah. Tell me, Marcus. I don't want to put you on the spot here, and I, I don't need you to say anything about Bitcoin in particular. But how have you found that mm. looking at it from a distance? Well, the thing is that it, it's, it, it becomes more and more apparent. Uh, Bitcoin becomes more and more in my life, uh, like every sort of diff, every week that goes on, because more and more people are getting into it and talking about it and researching it and want to talk about it. So I find it quite interesting, really, because like I'm I'm not the sort of, I'm not a risk taker in those sort of things. And I would, and I, I'm not saying that it's a risk, but I think that if for anything that you don't know um, much about is a risk, no matter what it is, you just, and, and especially when you're talking about something like money, which is a concept that most of us don't even really understand, but we know how it, but it is the, it's the lifeblood of what you do because it's the, mm -hmm. it's the root and solution to all your problems someday. That's such a good point. Cause I mean, that, that, you know, as Saferdeen talks about in, Bitcoin standard that's that's where this whole the education about Bitcoin is really effective when it begins with the question what is money mm. and what's the history of money and then suddenly it all it becomes apparent where the future of money is going and where it should go so yeah no no I, I, it's very but this is what I like I, this is what this is I suppose this is what I get out of out of talking to people about Bitcoin is that I'm I'm just more interested in 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 learning more about things about these things and like if yeah starting with the, the that general thing of like something that we use every day that we rely on so much I, I wouldn't even profess to understand the root of it the history of it where it's been where it's going and I feel like that's 
on my part, that's a bit remiss of me because I should I should know more about that. So um so yeah, for me on 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 this subject, I'm definitely um I wouldn't say that I have a strong strong pro or for opinion of it. I'm just intrigued and mm. I, I find it an interesting subject in, in, in the same way that I wouldn't ever cast myself as being left leaning or right leaning. I, I, I have a multitude of ideas about what this, what this world needs and what it should have. And they're very personal to me. And I can't really find that plotted on a graph that, that, that makes me happy. So I, I'm just interested in, in all of it and just, I just enjoy conversations, especially with people who haven't got the same point of view as me, because it it means there's a learning process. And what else is this all about if we're not here to learn from each other? I think that's really um, poignant, and uh, particularly in these sort of times with this sort of tribalism and um, polarization that's going on going on in society. That is the first step to making a better, uh, more unified and ultimately prosperous world is uh, is debate and this is one of without having to get into the whole sort of woke movement but this sort of inability or even lack of desire to even have a conversation because you've already determined that the other side is completely wrong so it's not even worth talking about and that will only make the 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 gap larger and larger um and it, it breeds anger, and it, breeds, it, it and when people are angry or people feel like they've they've been uh, like ridiculed for their views, the heels get dug in more, and that also leads to other other things. I think it's just the way people talk to people, I, and I don't want to make this a big thing, but I do feel like on 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 the on social media, a lot of it is just shouting down of people. And I actually thought what you said earlier about uh, social media sometimes being self cleaning. I haven't really thought of that. And I, I, thought, I find that a very interesting way to look at it. And I haven't ever looked at it like that. And I think I need to look at it a bit more like that because I, I don't see the good that it does with my current views. But with, with what was said earlier, maybe it's different. But I just feel like no one likes to be shouted down. No one likes to be told they're wrong. And no one. And what good does that do to anyone if someone has to win and someone has to lose? How is that any good? I think this is a really important lesson uh, to any Bitcoiners out there um, that are trying to onboard uh, their friends and family and uh, and those in their community. Uh, I think we're all trying to spread the word for the good of the for for the good of those people that we that we that we know and love, uh, for the good of our community, for the good of the the world. Because ultimately, I think. It's born out of passion. It's born out of wanting to see a better world. But as you're saying, the approach is very, very important. It is. And I can appreciate how difficult it is because we are all guilty of being passionate about about something and just going full 100% into wanting to tell everyone about it. And Mm. if that's a a record or a book or a film, you can Mm. sort of do that. I think as soon as it comes to something that maybe frightens people, uh, or because again, that's like for something like Bitcoin, it's difficult to read enough about it because there's some things that are so pro it, it kind of turns you off, and there's some things mm. that are so against it, it turns you off, and and it, it just becomes a very confusing soup of opinion, mm. and it's difficult to find your way. I think yeah, I think you're right. There there are some yeah sort of really evangelical things out there which are yeah by their nature really off putting. Um, and then there's all the kind of FUD that's out there, which uh, I haven't, you know, all the, you know, these, the criticism of Bitcoin, uh, they seem, you know, they seem to get ticked off the list as having been dealt with, you know, there doesn't seem to be any compelling sort of negative criticism. It all, you know, it all gets debunked pretty quickly, I think. Um, but in terms of like, I think a good way about sort of trying to, explain it to people is by like showing people the evidence like showing people what's wrong with what our current monetary system uh, the fiat system i highly recommend the website you know wtf uh, what 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 the fuck happened in 1971 it's just a series of graphs there's no a series of charts there's no explanations or anything but it's just graphs about basically about income uh, and wealth inequality uh, to do with different social demographics, 
um, as a, forgive yeah. my ignorance on this, but what was the what was the importance of seventy one? Um, it's yeah, it's when the uh, monetary system left the gold standard. Right. Okay. Um, co- completely. So, um, so you know, one of the common common you know criticisms of Bitcoin is you know it's not it's not backed by anything, but it's it, it is backed by um, certain things which we don't. Don't need to talk about right now, but the fiat system, like what a dollar is backed by precisely nothing. Right, exactly. Like threat of state violence, you could say, is backed by, yeah. know, backed oh, yeah. by <laughs> military military might. It's the only thing. Um, obviously, there, there's so much to, to to unpack and to talk about here, and perhaps at some other point, this has been this has been this has been great. But uh, perhaps at some other point, we could uh, do this again over a beer and. Uh, and, and, and dig into the weeds a bit more because uh, see, I'd, I'd like that. I think that's the important thing on all on, on all of this. Is like with with anything is like got to get into it. For me, maybe there's others that think like me. Got to get into it, knowing what's what. I think that's mm. that's that's for me my my only sort of caveat for anything I do is I like to get into things knowing that I I believe what I'm getting into. And I said so obviously I've talked to to Paddy a lot about uh, about this and what I love about the way Paddy talks about it is his belief in the, I'm going to say all the wrong words here, Pads, but no, no, your no, belief no. in the, in, no in the, the blockchain, the, the, what it's built on and the belief of what it, what it will create. And it's less about how much money Paddy might make or how much money anyone might make. What I like personally about the way when we talk about it is your belief that it, there's a change that needs to be made. And you've, and, and you've mentioned this as, as, as well is that there's a change that needs to be made and this could honestly be a major part, if not the major part, of the change that, that could yeah. come. And I think those are the things that I'd like I like to and I, I, the only reason I haven't read more about it is laziness. I I should do more of this. But yeah. that that's a huge yeah, what you just said there's yeah. Very pivotal. Yeah. Yeah, that's bang on. And I would say that a lot of people, including myself, they come in for what we uh uh, call um, uh, number go up technology. Sick uh, games, you know. dude. Sick games, Lambos. Now, um, <laughs> a, a, you know, a lot of people's first exposure is because they want to uh, make some money, or at least they want to make more money than they can make in their making no fucking money accounts or mm. other options, right? Um, but I would say almost to a man or woman. Um, I think people are in it for social change. Um, and there's a lot of talk about the Bitcoin renaissance, you know, the, the real, this is going to sound very, very hyperbolic to somebody who, who, who's, who's not part of the community, but, you know, a lot of us look at this as possible once in a couple of thousand years type change that we are, that we are standing in front of mm. i mean yeah yeah it does have huge societal implications but you know as you know it's a com there are loads of concepts involved here and it's not it's not intuitive which is why i think people struggle to to jump on board straight away mm. um, i mean the concept of I mean, you know, so many technical concepts involved. Yeah. Mining, like a uh, yeah. decent, decentralized network. Game, loads of, yeah. you know, game theory, which Computer is super science. exciting, yeah. super exciting right now hmm. um, with, you know, these public companies beginning to put put them, uh, put money into their, put Bitcoin into their reserves or convert their reserves into Bitcoin. Like there's some super interesting game theory stuff happening now and what the implications will be for, even government governmental objection to Bitcoin when you know maybe a big part of the corporate world has Bitcoin on their balance sheet. Like it's it's going to be yeah, we're entering into you know this new new era of you know kind of phase five as mm. um, as Bambi uh, might call it. It's fascinating, but I completely hear what you're saying, Marcus. And uh, just to uh, hopefully encourage you, 
in that I think most Bitcoiners are incredibly passionate and idealistic and are in it for the right reasons. Um, and, and and this is, you know, the, the reason I offer for, for, to send you some Bitcoin is just that I, I've found it to be an effective, an effective way of getting people to just be that little bit more interested in reading that next article. I see what you're saying, yeah. It's just a little bit of incentive, and there's, there's nothing else. But all I need is the incentive that I should, because you know, having conversations like this, they interest me. But I need to be in order to have a, a ne- a, the conversation on the next level is I need to know a lot more about the theory behind it, mm. and yeah. I will because it's interesting. It's what's, yeah, what's interesting about this as well is that you know, if we compare it to the internet, which is something we we all use every day, nobody knows how the internet works apart from computer engineers, computer scientists, and people that mm. really know their stuff about that. And, you know, this this is the way that, uh, you know, I hope Bitcoin is going to go. Like, um, it's going to reach that point of hyper-Bitcoinization or a point where everyone's using it. They just don't, they have no idea how it works, but it's functional, it's easy to use, and it's part of their everyday life. Um, so, you know, people... People certainly don't have to understand it, um, but um, maybe they'll come on board or become part of the system, you know, at a later date. Um, but yeah, I would certainly urge people to try to understand for sure. Yeah, and I, I and I hear Marcus. I mean, at this early stage, uh, one would want to feel like you know what you're getting into, even if it's just for a little bit. Um, so, so I understand that. Personally, I have to say I've come to the point where I feel that it's just, it's irresponsible not holding having some position in Bitcoin, I have to say, with, with, with what I see coming over the horizon, socially, financially. Um, but you can only uh, get there yourself. Um, my wife, who is also deep into the rabbit hole, always tells me that we can't keep more money in uh, our normal bank accounts than we can afford to lose. Uh, yeah. Where most people, they look at it the opposite way. Mm. Um, but uh, this is fascinating chat, guys, and I, I think it's really um, really cool to um, to have uh, have the two perspectives, the sort of pre-coiner, as we'd like to refer to, to, <laughs> to, to your type as Marcus. And, uh, oh, man. You're loving this, Marcus. <laughs> I can read nothing more about this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but but I have, I have a two-year-old that I think is going to wake up in any minute now. So... Um, would uh, you you were you were talking about uh, your second album you're working on? What 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 do you have in the pipeline, both of you, both as a band and individually? And where can we find uh, out more about you? Um, well, to start with, um, yeah, to find out more about us, there's the website uh, jawboneband.com, or which has all the links to social. So we're on Facebook, um, uh, Instagram, and Twitter. Slightly different handles, I think. Twitter's Jawbone Band, Instagram's Jawbone Music, um, but it's all on the website jawboneband.com. Um, so yeah, the record record should be re- ready, like optimistically, end of the year, but early next year. And then, as far as releasing goes, we just gotta we just gotta get a plan together. Once we know what the landscape of next year might look like, we can maybe mm-hmm. put a little bit more of a plan because we, we we enjoy touring and we enjoy taking the music. But the reason we got into music was to play these tunes to a room full of people so that's it we want to be able to do that again and uh that that that's the kind of plan and apart from that it's just we've got time to create now so me and pads are going to be working on on a lot of we've been planning to work on a lot more things outside of jawbone together as well and and write for some different projects and just in we're just enjoying the creative time at the minute um, because it's silence. Some sourdough the, uh, baking, <laughs> canapes, yeah. these sort of things. Yeah, yeah exactly. Coffee, All of that coffee roasting. Yeah. 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 yeah, in fact, I've got to get back to my macrame before that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I've got some kombucha on <laughs> This is all real stuff. This is all stuff that's been in the house. Very nice. Uh, um, I was going to say something brilliant. <laughs> no, no, yeah. no I'm going to end no every conversation that. like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no, it was it was it was an absolute pleasure, and um, I, we are going to link to a um, tipping dot me page. I urge everyone to that likes your music to go and buy the album uh, on Thank our you. web store. There, hundred percent of the sales of everything on our website goes straight to the artist. Twenty uh, one ism is not a money play. What happens so often in Bitcoin with Bitcoin is, is that it's just born out of wanting to service the community with with just high signal content uh, we're all doing this out of our free time and uh, yeah i urge anyone to that enjoyed this conversation and the music to go and uh bang a few sats over on on, on the tipping.me link and uh who knows it might even help you uh fund a release or something because by then bitcoin is going to be at a hundred thousand a coin and uh, you know you'll be flying sounds great <laughs> He's in. <laughs> Chaps, um, what tune would you like to uh, for us to play out here at the end? Oh, mm. what's a what's a re- relevant? I don't know if we've got anything relevant, have we? Bet, bet on yesterday. Bet on yesterday. I like that. It's a cinematic a, one. It's yeah, a bit cinematic and a bit of a tin, tinged with regret. It's a story of regret looking back on a life yeah like that but yeah also it sounds a bit like Ennio Morricone and that's that's (laughs) that's what what's what's better than that you know what I mean that's always yeah. nice. Uh, people people won't be able to see the Zoom chat, but you, Marcus, you you're straight out of uh, you you're you're the picture to that soundtrack. Thank you very much, man. Well, I had to dress up. You just need a cowboy hat. I didn't realise yeah. it was just going to be audio. I feel wasted on this. <laughs> well, that's why I'm in my loincloth. Uh, I, I, I was going to ask, man, but I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a cultural thing. Don't be racist. Uh, now. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Thanks very much. Thanks very much. And uh, here is um, uh, back on yesterday. Is that the one? Yes, it is. Thanks, guys. See me now. I'm broken, but I used used to be like you. I've had my fame I've had my fortune I've even had A family too But I bet Yes, I bet on yesterday
I used to love 